1: Hey everyone, it's our favorite time of the year here at the Black Effect. We're heading to Atlanta for the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival, and we're not going alone. Nissan is back as our partner, and they're continuing their Pitch Your Podcast Lounge at the festival, where you'll have the opportunity to pitch your podcast idea live and share it with the Black Effect team. So get those podcast ideas ready, and remember, you can count on Nissan to dial up the thrill in your adventures, no matter where life takes you. Visit BlackEffect.com forward slash podcast festival for more details.
2: Welcome to Checking In with Michelle Williams, a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect. You know the saying, I feel attacked. But that's possibly how you might feel with my next guest who is always motivating and always challenging everybody to be better. There are some people who can do something like open up their entire home to you, feed you, love on you, counsel you, and then laugh. Go shopping. I'll get your nails done together or something. And that is what I can say about my friend, mentor, Dr. Dee Dee Freeman. I'll just never forget. I got the phone call from Dr. Holly Carter saying, hey, Michelle, Dr. Dee Dee Freeman, she wants you to come to her house now. Just pack a bag and go. That was at the top of 2019. And we have been nonstop in touch ever since. I'm so thankful that there were some folks in my life and she's one of them who loved me to life. You know the saying, oh, I love you to death. No, don't love me to death, honey. Love me to life, okay? That's none other than my next guest coming up, Dr. Dee Dee Freeman, right here on Checking In with Michelle Williams. I'm excited to welcome author, mom, Wife, speaker, a fine grandma. Please welcome my dear friend, Dr. Dee Dee Freeman.
3: Thank you so much. I am honored to be here with you. I am
2: so thankful that you are here. I've got some nosy listeners and they're going to be like, well, where do you know her from? How do you know her? And y'all, okay. Dr. Dee Dee Freeman and her husband, Apostle Mike Freeman, pastor a church in the Maryland area called Spirit of Faith. And just the name alone... Let's you know that they teach faith and to live in the spirit of faith, believe you can't get no better than that. And they always are talking to people about the love of Christ, but they add swag to it. Like oh. just, you know, just um, absolutely amazing. And there was a period uh, of time in my life. And you know, when people show up for you at your lowest moments, those are the people that you hold near and dear to you. And Dr. Dee Dee Freeman was one of those people who opened her home and air fryer. And uh, (laughs) air fryer, (laughs) Michelle. (laughs) Y'all are going to see why so many people find safety with her and her family.
3: Wow. I love that. Because one of the things that I am presently building, even in my ministry and in our staff, is creating a psychological safe place where we create this environment so we can continue to create and not feel intimidated or pressured Mm. by someone else. Because typically when you don't have that environment, you have a tendency to self-protect Mm. And God has never called us, Michelle, really to protect ourselves. He's there to protect us. But as long as we're guarded and always in a mindset of we have to do it for ourselves. We won't allow anybody else in or give anybody Mm. else room or space. And so this you're starting off right here where I am right now, where you are. Well, I'm so glad that you mentioned
2: that because part of your testimony is when you told us at God's Glamorous Girls about the process of obtaining your bachelor's in psychology.
3: Yes, Absolutely.
2: <laughs> amazing. Amazing. And I remember that testimony. You felt that you weren't like smart enough or good enough
3: Girl, I you're talking about a story. I have a whole story on what shaped me because we all are products of the environments that we have come out of. And so I did. I never felt like I was capable of obtaining any kind of degree. When I first came out of school, out of high school, I decided I would just go to a community college, get me a degree in something that, you know, I didn't have to do much with, mm. At least I thought so. I get in school and I dropped out. And after I dropped out, I decided, you know, I'm just going to do hair. I'll just be a stylist. So I ended up being a stylist for over 18 years and then going into ministry. And so about the age of 44, I decided to go back to school. I said, okay, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to finish getting a degree. And Michelle, look, I got my associate's degree. You know, just in general studies, because I said Mm. I just wanted to graduate. I wanted my mom to have at least one of her seven children to say I graduated. Right. And after I graduated, it was like something bit me, a little school bug, I guess, but still not feeling capable, if you will, like not smart enough. Like I wasn't going to be able to comprehend, you know, the different concepts or constructs Mm. or ideas or whatever, you know, that school was going to present to me. So it was a struggle, but I ended up going and get my bachelor's degree in psychology. I'm saying, okay, I at least, even if I don't practice this, I at least need to know what has caused me you know, to be who I am and what has shaped me into this low self-esteem, not feeling good about herself and not thinking I'm good enough person. And so after I did that, you know, it's like, okay, cool. But I ended up going all the way, got my master's degree and ended up getting my doctorate degree in strategic leadership. Something Uh totally different, you know, but I mean, it's been an amazing journey and I've learned so much, I guess, about myself and about what others may say and think and feel about you. Doesn't have to affect you. Right.
2: That's so good. You have always been about empowering women. Y'all, she has an amazing conference called God's Glamorous Girls. Yes. I kid you not. It was the first faith based women's conference that I had ever been to that can go toe-to-toe with your more secular-based mm-hmm. conferences, even concerts, y'all. Y'all, she came out to as safe for a homecoming. No, y'all, and it wasn't bootleg either. She didn't go to Hobby Lobby and just get a piece of sequins and wrap it around her waist talking about some homecoming. no. <laughs> The music, the production, I cannot wait for you to be able to do it live and in person again, because the pandemic has just kind of made everybody have to do things virtually. But everybody listening, you want to have your face in the place at her next God's Glamorous Girls. But you've been a motivator and a champion, the champion for women. Mm -hmm. And such a motivator. And I'm so glad that you were able to share your story. Like, yeah, you can champion women, but there can be times where maybe there could be a point where you're not feeling so confident as it relates to even going back
3: to school. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that whole thing has just what I believe has motivated me and has helped me to identify purpose Mm. because I do believe that a lot of times we don't have to go through or experience certain things to know purpose, right? Mm. I think it's about us leaning in and hearing the voice of God as far as directions are concerned. But however, since we do go through things, You know, it's like, what are we going to use it for? I'm not going to allow anything that I go through at this point in my life to be something that causes me to suppress who I am. Now, I want to press into, you know, the face of God saying, hey, come on and bringing others with me and saying, hey, you can do this. If I have done this, you can do this as well. I mean, because Michelle, I mean, like I grew up not feeling so good about myself, got to a certain place and started to think that I was feeling good about myself you know but it was mm. so superficial it was so surface if you will it was like yes it really wasn't the real true authentic me if you will I was all about how I look you know oh mm. she's a cute girl you know some people are looking at face you look all right Ooh, what no
2: she's fine no oh nope 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 no
3: nope, no nope, no
2: nope.
3: she's a 10 as they say a 10 <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's it's like I I just did a lot of things based upon how I looked. Like, okay, I can get into this because I look a certain way, or I can get him because I look a certain way. But after I got married, I realized that none of that was really who I happened to be. It was all so fake. And when I begin to experience different challenges in my marriage, it really brought out, I would say, how I probably felt about me the whole time, not feeling that good about who I happen to be. And then marriage and when you're having these challenges, it's just I don't know, I guess how they say the straw that broke the camel's back. I mean, it was just being piled up on me. And I got to a place where I just didn't even want to live anymore. You know, I'm like, God, just take me away. Is this the extent of what I will be experiencing in life? Like I'm plotting in my soul thinking, how can I get myself out of here? You talking about checking in. I wanted to check out. You know, it was like, God, I just wanted to check out. And it wasn't until I got a revelation of who I happened to be, as far as the word of God was concerned, is when I really found my identity and finding purpose in what I was supposed to be doing. So now it's like, I don't want other women to suffer in silence like I did. Not that I had to, but I didn't talk to anyone, you know? And it's like, now I don't want people to suffer. If I can grab somebody by the hand and say, Mm -hmm. come on, let me show you how to do this. Let me show you how to get victory over how you feel. Let me show you how to win in life. That's my purpose now. I want to embolden women to be all that God has called them to be because it is so much more than exists than what we are, I believe, scratching the surface of.
2: That's right. And y'all, she's telling the truth when she says, I want to show you. She also shows you by how she lives her life. Now, the biggest thing is about knowing the fruit that a person bears. So it's like you can look at the fruit of Dr. Dee's life and be like, oh, yeah, she actually lives what she's talking about. So when you say I can show you better than I can tell you, thank you for using the word show instead of let me tell you how to do this. Let me tell you how to live your life. Let me tell you. No, she's right when she says I want to show you. And you really, really do. Some of the books that you have is Focus, Focus, yes not too big to bow a book on parenting and I would have never known a mother to say I can as actually wrong and I can actually say I'm sorry yes. to my children because we don't grow up like with the parents apologizing to kids but pivoting back to a book you had called so what I'm still God's glamorous girl
4: Hmm.
2: okay what do you mean so what well, so what? You had a baby out of yes. baby. So what? You've had depression. So what? You hurt somebody in your family. You are still...
3: God's glamorous girls. Come on, Michelle. And that's not in the negative in sense how some people will talk to individuals who have gone through or experienced certain things and say, so what? Get a grip. Get over it. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, you are not to be identified with what you have gone through, but you should be identified with the one who has created you.
2: Yes. When you were talking about identity and how you went to the word of God and got your identity, I said, oh,
3: that makes me think of your book. Yes. Keep sharing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Because so many of us, we get so stuck in what we have done in the past that we aren't even allowing ourselves to really be present in this moment to create something better for the future. Mm -hmm. You know, we are all talking about this. Um, You know, you talk to any psychiatrist or psychologist, any therapist now, you know, everybody's talking about mindfulness. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so necessary. But to also understand what that simply means as far as a believer is concerned, I understand about being present in the moment. Right. But I also understand the power of meditation as far as the word is concerned. It's like, let me couple this moment with some word. Yes. You know, like, mm-hmm. okay, I want to be right here. I want to live out this moment and not be so focused on my past or my future, you know, like, what is it going to hold for me? But I also need to know how to embrace what I'm going through presently and adding the word of faith to it. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, I mean, you know, the story about even my husband, how, what, four or five years ago, he was attacked in his body, his lungs totally whited out and and while he was in that hospital, induced coma, couldn't do a thing, and he was in that situation for over three weeks, it was so surreal to me. But I never experienced the brunt of it, the hit of it, the, the feeling of it. Michelle, I was so isolated in what God had called me to walk in as far as the spirit of faith, right? Yeah, Not once. Did I doubt that he was going to live, even though they gave me all kind of reasons why I should believe he was about to die? No, I understand word. I understand purpose. So I had to apply the word to that present moment. Am I making sense with that?
2: Absolutely.
3: Because so many people, they focus on what they are going through and not what they are going to. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm going to like you just told an awesome story about one of your workers. Right. How she has victory. And I'm thinking, wow, just think if she wasn't focused on what she was going to, which is the promise of God, and not what she had to deal with going through it and she would have quit doing the process we wouldn't have her here today but thank God for the word and understanding that we we have control over what we want to focus on
4: we ooh,
2: you might step on some toes we have we have control
3: over what we choose to focus on okay let me say this i didn't say we have control over what comes to our mind. That's right, we don't. We have control on what we are gonna focus on and what we are gonna think about and what we are gonna meditate on. That's there, right. There has been times where I just wanted to go off and just trip out on somebody. And what did I do? I possessed my soul like Luke talked about. It's like, I got a grip of my mind and said, no, that's not a good decision.
2: Woo! Did that take practice?
3: No, it took a decision.
2: So just like instant grits, y'all, just, it can happen like that. Okay. Which is great because there was something I was toiling with this week and I kept saying anger is a choice. Now the first onset, anger is also a human response. Yes. Mm-hmm. Somebody purposely do something to you, you, you anger, but to stay in it is a choice. It's a choice. So you don't
3: have to even practice making it a decision. No, because there were times I wanted to just take out a a knife and act like Chucky and just (laughs) chop up my husband, you know, like, (laughs) but my decision said, no, this is not what you want to do. You don't want that harvest that's going to come out of that. And so if we would process better, we don't process things like we're supposed to, right? We've been taught to To talk, we've been taught to handle minor things, but we really haven't been, I mean, as kids to process our thoughts properly. Mm -hmm. And because they are not managed properly, then they are unmanageable. Wow.
2: Because they're not managed properly, they turn into something that just seems out of control and and unmanageable. And
3: it creates all kinds of chaos.
2: There are some people on here you might not even believe in the Bible or read the Bible and you will reap what you have sowed,
3: right? Absolutely. That's, that's a natural process. That don't even have to be Bible.
2: No, it's that's law. It's like sowing and reaping. Like that's whatever you wanna call it. You plant an apple tree, you're gonna get an apple tree. You uh that's yes, right. You know, you plant some collard green seeds, hopefully you go get your collard greens. You know what I'm saying? And so that is so true about being careful about the decisions that we do make because like you said, there will be a harvest.
0: Hey, everybody, this is Carrie Champion, and I'm here to announce that the
4: 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival is headed to Atlanta's very own Pullman Yards on April 27th. Last year was incredible, and this year will be even more thrilling, especially with Nissan coming back along for the ride. Nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support Black excellence in the STEAM fields. Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with your Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and have it shared with the Black Effect Podcast Network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit. Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event you want to be at. You don't want to miss it because no matter where life takes you, Nissan will dial up the thrill in your adventures. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details.
2: Me and you have had fun or sometimes hard conversations as it relates to relationships. Mm
4: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. And I know a lot of people probably pull on you and your husband about relationship advice because y'all, when you see them, this is just not on Instagram, by the way, but y'all's relationship, it took time in some years to kind of get there, but it's based on the number of decisions that you made, as you say.
3: Absolutely. I've been married now for 38 years, right? And that first seven or eight years, of our relationship was like hell on earth. When I tell you like, no, I didn't like him. He didn't like me and it was all good, but I knew I wasn't going anywhere and I knew he wasn't going anywhere. So it was like, now we got to come together and start making better decisions and better choices or this thing isn't going to work because Mm. I came out of a different environment. I wasn't raised in a good Christian home with good Christian morals and values. You Mm -hmm, hear me? mm -hmm. Well, he was, you know, he came from an environment where he's never seen his parents even disagree in front of him. Well, that wasn't my story. And so when you bring both of those environments together, one is going to be trying to fight to get the other one to conform. Well, we both were fighting, trying to get each other to fit into this mold that we both had created you know, for our spouse. So it was like, okay, God, this isn't working. I mean, you're talking about, I stooped to the lowest of, I think all of who I happen to be. It was like, let me just die in this. I was, I was just so distraught about just life period. I was young. I got married. I was 20, turned 21. Like the next week, I didn't know anything about life. And so when I got into this relationship and now my self-esteem was gone, my self-worth, my self-value, everything. It was like, OK, you're just a big piece of meat land <laughs> in, in this house. You're going to have to do something. And so I realized, no, listen, I realized I was praying for God to do something in my home. And God was looking at me like I have equipped you to do it yourself. Mm. And we're sitting back praying that somebody else will always change, but that's not always the case. That's not always what needs to happen here. I'm responsible for me. My response is my responsibility. His response is his responsibility. I just knew that I was going to have to stand before God one day and give an account for how I was at. I was a fool. (laughs)
2: Yeah, when she talks about this, it just makes me laugh because she laughs at herself too.
3: (laughs) I do, I laugh. You have to laugh. I mean, if everybody would just sit down and take really an evaluation of themselves, I guarantee you they will be able to just laugh at some of the stuff that they have done. We just process it so wrong. You know, we process it through pain. And that's one of the things that I really had to do even in my relationship. I had to stop looking at him and funneling everything that he was doing now through what he has done in the past. You know, Whoa. it was like I just had to see him through a different set of lenses, start seeing him through a different eye of of agape because I was looking at him through you know, the hurt, the pain, the rejection and all of this. And I'm saying, God, this if I keep doing this, it's going to keep me in the past.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so
3: I had to start seeing him like I believe that God had created him. And I promise you it change.
4: What
2: has been some of the worst advice that you've seen in social media for women in relationships? Where do you like, oh, my gosh, I wish they wouldn't say this or do this. Yeah,
3: it's so much because we get so bitter and then we want to blast it all on social media. My thing, especially for married couples, stop putting stuff up even after your divorce or gone, giving everybody the advice that you think fits and is suitable for everybody uh, else. Okay. Like. Cut him off. Leave him. Don't ever go back. You stupid. You're a fool if you go back. Uh, all, just all everything negative. And you don't know their story. But in that moment, this is such a good question, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was thinking about this about an individual and I. Just always see certain things. And I saw somebody following them that I was like, oh God, they don't need to read that right now. Ah. You know, because it sears your soul to a place where you won't be able to hear. Forgiveness. You won't be able to hear restoration. What is the plan of God? What was the original intent of God for us to be in certain relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's a husband and wife or good girlfriends. Mm -hmm. I understand my role and my purpose, even in your life. It's like nothing can separate us at this point. You you Mm got me? Even if you decide, okay, I don't ever want to talk to her again. Okay, cool. But that would never change my heart and my position towards you. And what is happening, a lot of people don't know how to separate hurt from the person they say hurt them.
4: Mm -hmm, mm
3: -hmm. It's like, okay, this hurt becomes a teddy bear, if you will, something that we believe we have to nurture, something that we believe we have to hold and keep cozy up with like a blanket. Yes. Mm -hmm. Put that blanket on us and just cozy up. It's like, no, because it will keep you from the person that you believe has hurt you. You'll never give them room or space. And so if we're looking on social media and we're seeing all of this stuff about erroneous advice about Don't go back to your ex. Listen, I've had so many people, even in our ministry, who have remarried, you know, Mm -hmm. their ex-husbands. My sister-in-law, I have a sister-in-law who was divorced from her husband for probably a good five years and ended up remarrying him. And they're just as tickled as they could be. You would never even know. I done met them, huh? I (laughs) done met them,
2: Lord. I never would have never known.
3: You would never know. So I'm saying don't always take your advice from social media.
2: That is so encouraging. People, I want to tell you, get around some happy people or folks who have gone through something, but it didn't make them bitter because a lot of advice that you can get can come from. Someone, like you said, that is still bitter, and although they might mean well, but mm-hmm. some people are projecting that on you. Now, I'm not also telling you to get around happy people who who can't be think practical and and, right. and help you break down and process things and help you to know, OK, I'm a happy person. I'm a happy married woman. But yes, this is dysfunctional.
4: Right. Mm -hmm. or
2: this is unsafe. Mm -hmm. This is wrong. And so I encourage you to get around some good, happy, Mm -hmm. agape love showing people. You are a woman that can handle things for you. I'll say that, right? Mm -hmm. And we've talked about the balance of You're not shrinking because you're still big, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And we have had a conversation or two. Basically, you ain't say Michelle sit down and shut up because that's not who you are as a woman. You ain't gonna tell, but you have you have had to say Michelle.
4: uh, You can still
2: be who you are, and but. There's balance. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was something just taught or something just through experience, because there are more and more entrepreneurial women, women making six, seven digits who are like, I don't have to take this. I don't have to. And you're like, no, bring that feminine yeah. energy into into the house and your relationship yeah. instead of bringing the executive yeah. into your
3: home. Absolutely. Because you won't keep a man long if you do that. You will not because it's like that's not what they want. They want a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, and a relationship is about oneness. It's about unity. It's about working, co-laboring together. Um, my husband doesn't want a boss. He wants a wife. And most people cannot define wife. That's why they can't fulfill the role. <laughs> I love you.
4: You read
3: me.
2: You Y'all don't be offended. It's not even like that. Say it again.
3: We don't even know. I know. Really, but it's the truth, though. Most people cannot define what a wife is, so they will never be able to fulfill that role. We all want to make money, we all want to be successful in life. When I got married, mind you, I was in a better position than my husband was in. I mean, I had my own hair salon, I was making money, I was doing it, and he wasn't. But what he <laughs> would say is, when we would go to Hawaii, nobody knew I paid for the tickets. I wasn't going in and say, "Yeah, carry my bags because you did not be the True, no way. I didn't do that. I'm not going to demoralize him and make him feel, you know, less than a man. It's like, because your money is empty. Money is empty. I don't care how much money you get. If you are alone with your money, it is empty and it is no fulfillment in it. Now I understand the Bible talks about money answer of all things. It's talking about not in relationships. There is a place for money, and then there is a place for relationships. I got a whole bunch of stuff. You've been here. You've been in my house here. Mm-hmm. My house in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. You've seen the things that I've had, and I look at this stuff. This stuff is empty. It brings no kind of fulfillment without having a relationship to share it with.
2: Ooh, that's so so good because it's it's almost like you know like you said Dr. Mike didn't always have you know, and you chose to stay and, and and pay for things. You didn't have to announce it. No. Well, I'm telling you, there are just even certain media accounts I've even unfollowed because they'll teach you, oh, if he don't have, don't even think about having a relationship.
3: Yeah, that's, that's you that's
2: know, bad. It's, that's a whole nother episode. Absolutely, as far as because absolutely. You, can, you can stay with somebody and then you like, 10 years didn't pass by and you still paying for trips to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that's not but, my portion. But,
3: but but, what else is he bringing to the table? He may never make as much money as certain people. Like, look at your field, right?
4: Mm-hmm. You
3: will have to almost go out and look for somebody that's doing something equivalent to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You may not find that. I'm not saying you won't, but you may not. So do you do some sacrificing and saying, okay, well, he'll make as much as me. So he you know, I don't even want him. He may just be the, the best husband ever. Take care of you. Meet your needs. Take care of the home. Still being able to add something to the pot.
2: I believe that. I definitely believe that. But who
3: says that the man has to make more than the woman?
2: It's not necessarily who says, it's just do they exist and are they secure?
3: Yeah, well, now that's a whole nother story.
2: And will it start kind of seeping out? Will they start projecting in? Mm-hmm. Or it's not that, okay, like you said, you never announced or made your husband feel mm-hmm. like in nothing because he can't pay. Right. But that means he was secure, and he was like, "I'm finna enjoy absolutely.
3: these uh, <laughs> these blue eyes and no, all that stuff." We get off the plane. He looking <laughs> at the people like, "Get my bags," <laughs> like he paid.
2: Right? Well, he was just looking into his future for the moments of absolutely, now. Absolutely,
3: absolutely. But no, that's a that's a big key right there. That's security. You have to marry with someone who's secure in who they are, and that's on both sides. So you know, mm. because you could get a woman like I wasn't all that secure in my relationship. You know, in the beginning, it's like I had to become secure in it to know that okay, I may not feel good about me, and his dude still wants me. In the beginning, I thought okay, one day he gonna wake up and be saying. Bye. I'm out. Mm -hmm. So security comes with a lot of different things, not always just with money.
0: Wow. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth
1: Hey, everyone. I am so excited. The Black Effect is live. This April 27th, the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival is headed to Atlanta's very own Pullman Yards. Last year was incredible, and this year will be even more thrilling, especially with Nissan coming back along for the ride. Nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support Black excellence in the STEAM fields. Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with a Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and have it shared with a Black Effect podcast network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit, Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Podcast Festival is the event to be at. You won't want to miss this because no matter where life takes you, Nissan will dial up the thrill of your adventures. Visit com forward slash podcast festival for more details.
2: Congratulations on y'all's partnership and dealership opening. Thank you. Thank you. So Y'all exciting. are so good at definitely showing multiple streams Absolutely. of income. I do know that um, at the Spirit of Faith, as a community, it's so awesome that you have included financial health and physical health into the faith. How do we continue to incorporate God into the practices and what we do with our finances?
3: Oh, acknowledge him in all of your ways. I think that's so important because there are so many things out here to get involved in, so many things to throw mm-hmm. us off. It's always something out here beckoning your attention, wanting your finances, wanting your money, wanting to collaborate with you who may not have or it may not have your best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. You know, opportunities are going to come. But for me, you know, I'm like, I want to pray. God, show me, is this the best business practice? Show me, is this the best business deal? Show us, is this the best business partner? Because he's Ooh. in our tomorrow today. And we make emotional decisions about certain things. And it gets us all just messed up. You know, we say, oh, I'm going in business with my friend. Well, God knows that friend tomorrow, (laughs) how that friend is going to be tomorrow. That's so good. And you may not. And so we have learned how to take the emotions out of our decision making. And now it's because we want to be spirit led. God, okay, show me this. And then we're able to tap into something that's just amazing I mean mm-hmm. we've been doing multiple things I mean we just finished selling all of our properties we just have been you know what revamping homes buying and and turning over properties and I just found out today all of them have been sold and so tomorrow I have to make another decision. Congratulations. Praise God. I mean, but this is what it's about, right? And a lot of people will look and say, "Okay, they're in ministry. And so they got to be wealthy because of what people are doing for them. No, that's let's not minimize, you know, what others are doing. Let's give credit to people for being a little smarter than, you know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah,
2: I've gotten into a few heated debates. About people of faith and finances and
4: wealth. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. So you
2: mean to tell me because I'm Christian, I ain't supposed to be excited and not my soul focused to be on wealth. We supposed to be able to leave something for our children. Absolutely.
3: I'm not, and I love my husband and his boldness and his ability to know. You know, and to communicate what God has called us to do, we understand that we are supposed to expose people to wealth, you know, in a Christian community, because a lot of people, even in a Christian community, don't believe that a pastor or even an an individual should be, you know, wealthy. It's like, no, I don't want to be a beggar who would want you wouldn't even want to connect with me if I'm some broke (laughs) <laughs> down preacher riding on three wheels you'll be like
2: Ooh, they need help <laughs> well because people feel like you know the more broke down i look the more effective holier. Oh. yeah holier the more effective you know my ministry is and wow. you know, then i personally do not agree with that no shade or no nothing on anybody listening that feels
3: the opposite because you believe the bible You believe the Bible. I want to believe the whole word. I don't want to just pick and choose parts of it.
2: Absolutely. And I believe all of it. But the thing is, too, is do you agree that we have a part to play in our future by what we speak and write?
3: Absolutely.
2: The definition of the word future is the moment following what you speak or write. It's in the dictionary. <laughs> My listeners get so mad because I all I, I talk about it almost every episode because when I learned what the definition of the word future means, I was like, it's even in the dictionary. It's in the Bible too. It's in the Bible. But the dictionary said the definition of the word future is the time or period of time following the moment of speaking or writing.
3: Come on. And look, the Bible is so all the spirit talking, of faith is. That's it. But the Bible talks about our tongue is the pen of a ready writer. And God is a speaking spirit. So if he's a speaking spirit and he's created me in his image, then that simply means that I'm also a speaking spirit. I can call those things, which most people don't like for believers to do. They call those things. Mm you know, in what they confess, they possess. Absolutely. I believe that. So I believe what I say is so, and it shall come to pass.
2: I believe what I say is so. So what are you saying?
3: Hmm. That is powerful.
2: So if I believe that what I say is so, then what am I saying? So it's being intentional about what you say and what you write. I don't even think people understand the power of what they even type on social media, because I don't think they believe that there is a harvest in that.
3: It's a harvest. That's the whole sowing and reaping.
2: It is. So we all of us, you know, if you don't like something somebody say go to the next one or decide the spirit behind it and if you feel like you need to send them a dm to say i i don't know i didn't agree michelle that's different than being rude and evil for everybody to see, because I'm sorry, I do believe that there is a harvest for what we say to people and whether it's typing or what comes out of our mouth and what we speak and write about um, just our individual situations of what we're going through right now. I have a person right now that is just like, you've changed. All you want to talk about is goals in the future. And I'm like, I, I just knew you to believe the word when it says write the vision, make a plain. But OK, you don't. All right. Goodbye. So there's no future there. Um, anyway, y'all, the, her book's Not Too Big to Bow has been amazing as it relates to parenting. But I want to get to Dee's House of Hope,
4: mm-hmm.
2: a transitional home for battered women and how you and your team offer a multitude of resources Mm -hmm. for women that have come out of all types of unsafe situations. I want to give you an opportunity to encourage a woman that's listening who could be in that situation and what Dee's house
4: offers.
3: Okay. Maybe about 25 years ago, Michelle, I had an aunt and a cousin who was murdered by her lover, if you will. Mm. I don't know why they say it's a lover. I guess significant other, other or something. But they were murdered. And I think that was something that kind of like did something to my soul. It impacted me to the place where I knew that I had to do something for other women. Yes. And I believe that is where this whole passion has come from. So Dee's House of Hope, it is, it's We have it is definitely right now, still in the building process, but we are still functioning, even though we're not able to bring people directly there. We're always putting people in hotels, sending them back to their families, getting them out of those, you know, horrible situations. And I want to encourage all of you, if you are dealing with that now, learn who you are. You don't deserve that. You're bigger than that. God has created you to be amazing. You're awesome. If a man is telling you that he loves you and he's still beating you or he's still penalizing you, trying to separate you from your family, he does not have your best interest at heart. Get help. Find out, you know, someone in your local, you know, your community. There are safe lines where you can call and they can Mm -hmm. help help you. But these House of Hope, it is, it's going to be a transitional home. We have 12 townhouses on it. Some of them have four bedrooms. Some of them have three bedrooms where we'll be able to bring women and their children who are, you know, battered women situations. And we are, we're going to minister to them. Like right now we're offering all types of things. We have classes even now, you know, they come in, you don't even have a clue of who they may be, but we are offering even resume and financial literacy and Whatever it is to get them back to a place of stability to reintroduce them into a society where they know that they have purpose.
2: Yes, Mm -hmm. y'all, there are so many amazing facets to Dr. Dee Dee, to Pastor Mike, and Spirit of Faith, and everything that they're doing. Last but not least, you're one of the most flyest
3: grandmothers.
2: Is it nine total? Nine. Go, girl.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I got
3: nine. But look, in a couple of weeks, it'll be 10.
2: I said, Breathe uh come on now. Y'all doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're being- Yeah, better. how about that? I said, I got-
3: and... <laughs> I think, I, think <laughs> I gave birth to some rabbits.
2: <laughs> they just want to keep multiplying. <laughs> Lord. And you, y'all, I remember not too long ago, you went and bought a bigger van. It's like, now you're going to need a semi truck.
3: I know. How about that? They can't even fit in it. See,
2: <laughs> I'm so excited. In your book, Not Too Big to Bow, we even speaking to some parents, you mentioned that humility is actually needed even in a parent.
1: In parenting, as
2: we said in the beginning, that's foreign in the black family.
3: I know. I know. I I don't think I've ever heard my parents apologize to me, repent to me for something that they did wrong. But I can tell you this. My youngest girl, Breland, you know, all of them Mm -hmm. was a pistol when I tell you. This chick gave me the hardest time as a little girl, and I did not like her. It's like I loved her because she was mine. But as a person, you know, people think just because they're your children or your sister, your brother, whatever, you automatically will like them. No, you still have to develop an attachment and a relationship with them. Mm But this girl came out with her own mindset. She was very stubborn, so like defiant, if you will, for me. But when she would get around her dad, she would act so different. And I remember, this is why it's so important to acknowledge God, really, in all your ways. I remember when God told me that I was going to break and destroy something in her that she would need later in life. And I'm saying, What? So I had to go back to her. She remembers this to the T. I had to go back to her and I said, look, I apologize to you. I have been wrong. I have been beating you. I mean, it wasn't like I was bruising her and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. putting lashes on her back, but the good old fashioned African-American. Definitely bold.
2: what we do. When absolutely, I've definitely been a product. Of,
3: so right? have I. And so, I mean, I had to repent to her and I told her I apologize. And I see where she is in life now. Mm-hmm. The girl has, I mean, ministry on her. She needed the boldness. I was trying to create another me and I didn't want Another me. I didn't want a child who was intimidated about standing up and speaking in front of people. I wanted her to be bold and courageous. I wanted her, you know, to have, you know, the intuitiveness to just get up and say whatever was on her heart to share. And now this girl is ministering like. I mean, whose child is this? But I go back to that and I thank God. And that's why, you know, even I wrote that book that was my project with this whole strategic leadership thinking, okay, this is what parents need to know. You cannot raise a child from up here. You will never be able to enter into their world from up here. You have to get down to where they are and lead them from that level to bring them up higher. That's just my take on it. And I see my kids, they're doing it now. Once you identify what God has called them to be later in life, you nurture that from a place of here, not from over here. Because if I'm hovering, you know, all over them and trying to just dictate to them and whoop them into being something, it's like you're never going to get the best results from that. And so I've learned that I'm not too big to bow. If Jesus can come down and meet us where we are, Why can't we as parents come down and meet our children where they are?
2: Mm -hmm. See, I told you that Dr. Deedee would motivate and challenge us to be better. And you have done that today. I think the difference in certain relationships that parents might be seeking with their children could possibly start with just an apology. Yes. That's just an apology. Wow. Wow. We
3: haven't all done it right. Everybody has messed up. Mm-hmm. So nobody expects a person to be perfect, a perfect parent. Where are they? Look, even God, we, you know, say he was the perfect parent. But look at his son. Totally cut up. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eve disobeyed and got kicked out of the garden.
2: I'm still in my feelings about Adam and Eve, but that's a whole nother yeah, episode. Me, me too.
3: Me too. Me too.
2: That's a whole nother episode. Mama, Dr. Dee I love you. I love you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for checking in. Hey, thank you for allowing me to check in today. Of course, this has just been absolutely beautiful. Thank you for your words of encouragement. And like I said, some challenges that I know that we all can do and overcome and be better better people better humans and so again thank you for for joining us thank you i love you i love you talk to you soon okay so y'all know that if the close of this episode is a little short it's because i'm about to call her right now because i i gotta go over a couple things that she said Dr. Dee is always just such a joy, such a joy, so much fun. And by the way, I do have to say this because we are in the year 2022 and I was born in 79. So the variations of punishment when we were growing up is a little different than punishment today. I have family members who do not believe in corporal punishment. They don't believe in whooping, spankings, or anything. So, just by the way, I'm glad that Dr. Dee, Dee shared what she shared because how many of us? I remember me thinking it. I don't know if I ever said it. Remember when we was little? If you ever had a moment and you wanted to tell your parents, "I hate you." So, if I wanted to tell my parents, "I hate you," I can imagine they wanted to tell my little bad tale, "I hate you. You, you you're just bad." Not that it's right, okay? But I'm so glad for growth and for Dr. Dee's transparency and the relationship that she has with her children is so open and transparent because there's humility on both parts. And that is very foreign in a black home for black parents to have humility towards their children or to admit when they were wrong. I don't know if I've ever heard my mama say, you know when I'm sorry. I was wrong. Even if it's right there in her face. Yeah. So again, y'all, it was such a rounded out episode and I'm glad that we talked faith, finance, relationships, and her passion to uplift women and to protect women. And the only way I think that she's able to protect women was when she was able to have that revelation about the relationship with her daughter because if you don't protect your own daughter, there's no way that you can protect the other women around you. And I'm so glad she had that revelation about the way she would discipline her daughter and how is a possibility she would shut down the very gift that is in her daughter today. That is amazing. And I do want to tell like some funny stories like I always would talk about relationships with her because um, when I went to her house, of course, it was on the heels of my engagement ending. And then when we got kind of maybe a year or two years past that, um, her husband, Pastor Mike Freeman, he would just shake his head at me like, Michelle, you a lot of work. It's not that I'm a lot of work. Maybe you just need folks that can maybe help handle the weight of your crown. Yeah handle the weight of your crown. And it's not that you should be throwing your weight at all. It's just having friends, romantic or personal that can handle the weight of your crown. It's heavy, it is heavy. But her husband, he just shakes his head. But I will say, I love how he says, okay, Michelle, you don't have to say that or you don't have to say it that way. Sometimes it's not in what you say but they've been mentoring me on how to say. I just wanted to share that little tidbit with you. Hope y'all have enjoyed the episode. Thank y'all again for checking in. Um, I'm excited. I'm so excited about what is going on with season two. Give me your feedback. Always let me know how you're feeling or what you'd like to see, or maybe even what you disagree with. I have no problem. Let's have healthy dialogue and If you share something with me, we will begin to share them in future episodes of Checking In. Again, know that you're loved. Checking In with Michelle Williams is a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows
3: Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring?